pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Well, greetings and welcome back, kinetic believers, for another day of adventure to manifesting an infinite array of possibilities where there is never a mayday. Only days in the month of May. StephenCanyon.com is the website for upcoming events and other resources. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon as well. Hello, Miss Maggie. Hello, Stephen. The Law of Attraction live podcast brunch and workshop for June the 12th has already been sold out. Yes, yes, wah, yes. Wah. Tickets, awesome. but but tickets are now available for the June twenty sixth Orlando, Florida. Yeah, it's event. wide. It's open. We we're, but they are selling. We already have quite a few sold. I'm excited. So. Hey. I am too. Are you kidding? Law of Attraction. Me and you. The KBs and brunch. Sunny Orlando, Hello. Florida. It's going oh, to be amazing. Celebration time. Yes, celebration you know, time. <laughs> because I I know that it's wrong. I am casting down the <laughs> egoist mental construct of jealousy. About what? Well, for about a week, there have been at least 50 kids celebrating life together in this huge swimming pool out back. <laughs> and I, it's unbelievable. Can you not, can you not throw me? <laughs> Let me do flips <laughs> off your shoulders. Oh, this, doesn't that sound fun? We really should go down there and, and just play like we're kids. Maybe maybe we'll go down there at night. <laughs> the, they don't stop. The energy, no. the enthusiasm. In now, and out, in and out. Jump, jump, jump. I think maybe on, on some network, ESPN or somewhere, out of Disney maybe, or mm-hmm. maybe maybe Universal Studios somewhere. I think it's Disney. But they were having a, a dance, dance comp, competition. Cheerleading and dance, yes. And apparently the group of kids that are staying at the resort back here one, right. We heard this. How did you expo- know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was an explosion of cheers and celebration yesterday afternoon at the pool. I guess it was all the parents that probably couldn't, or oh, yeah. friends that couldn't there go. Were like fifty people down there. It was amazing. The excitement was amazing. But oh. then, but then the 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 the, the winners, the winners yeah. showed up in their dance uniformed costumes, whatever. So about cute. fifty of them, so and the, the celebration went till. Two oh, yeah. o'clock in the morning, I guess. You know I don't know. Favorite, I was asleep. You what? know what my favorite part was? Is when they all showed up and they have their uniforms on. They're by the pool. They're jumping up and down. They look so cute with the bows in their hair. And then they all line up and they hold hands and they jump in together. <laughs> Sequins and all. It was so cute. So much. But it's been going on all week. Oh, and I yeah, I'm, I'm a little fun. bit jealous. I, yeah. I want to celebrate with yeah. them. We'll do it. We'll do it, Steve. You know, and some of the parents, and they were, they were crying. Them. I know. They're so happy. So sweet. So sweet to watch. Uh, I love life. It's <laughs> so love, good. You love people, it's too. De- it's I can delicious. feel it from you. Yeah. You know, it's natural to the human experience to want to share our personal mm. life experiences, the good stuff with other people, right? Yes. That's yes, what yes. relationship is all about. Absolutely. We want to, when, when something, when you win that dance competition, where's everybody to celebrate with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody, let's 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 keep the dance going. That's that's so true, isn't it? Well, we were created for relationships, yeah. but you know the desire to have relationships it comes all, but it also comes with a responsibility to to know how to have positive ones. Everybody, mm. positive positive ones. We so many want to relate in negative ways, yeah. but. But it's the positive ones, so that they become part of our best life experiences rather than 
distractions that just lead us off in the wrong direction away from our best lives. That's so true. I mean, a relationship like that, it's only a blessing if it's positive. That's that's so true, isn't it? The way it? it was meant to be. The way it was meant to be. Each one of us are, are paving a road with the choices that we make, and the road will either lead to an abundant life or to one of emptiness. And the thing of it is, is that we get to choose. You know, one of the most common hindrances to attracting positive change into people's lives is the toxic effect of negative relationships. Imagine if all those girls after winning had come back here and the, the parents and friends wouldn't even look up from their, their trays of pizza to say one word and to celebrate or even acknowledge them. Right. Well, that's not any fun, is it? You know, so many, so many uh, relationships have mutated from the place where they first began into something that has the potential, if not corrected, to become extremely harmful mm. to what you've allowed yourself to be identified with. Well, and I have to say, I've really been looking forward to this today because everybody has, you know, everybody's been in a bad relationship or they're currently in one. And, well, it's not the easiest thing to necessarily even know when you're in one, is it? Well, and, and isn't that something, because when you say that, it just really rings true with me. When you say, everybody has been in a bad relationship. It is a universal thing. And, you know, if, if you haven't been in one, just wait. <laughs> Your bad relationship, I'm not that I'm claiming it, but I'm saying you're going to have an opportunity yeah. to try to figure out what to do with it when it shows up. Yeah, it's universal. It's part of life. But, yeah, you know, a toxic relationship is one that's just characterized by behaviors on the, the part of a toxic person. Someone that is emotionally and, and often physically damaging to somebody else. Look, while healthy relationships contribute to our sense of abundant living, toxic relationships are defeating. I mean, they're life-deprecating. Healthy relationships involve mutual caring, like we were talking about yesterday. You you feel safe in in that place. Mm -hmm. Unconditional celebrating like they've been doing out here at the pool all week. (laughs) Encouragement, love, respect, championing, all those things. It's a safe place of sharing each other's happiness. Wouldn't that be nice if if all of our healthy relationships just looked like, you know, at least from a distance, those girls that were celebrating each other every day, all day. I got it. For the last week, they're just going crazy. That is the image. I'm going to journal that on page whatever, wherever I am. Literal cheerleaders. I am. You know. Yeah, life should be that way. That's the yeah. image. That is the yeah. the glasses we should be wearing, so that we're always you know we're cheerleaders everywhere we I go, shopping, that's, walking, that's hiking. That's the perfect visual. I love yeah. it. Well, it's it's going to for me. It's going to replace the musical. <laughs> you wish everyone was singing to you. Don't I wish you? all of life was. Are you kidding? I wish all of life was a musical. Oh my goodness! It actually is. If if you live with you, I wanted to go to Glee High School. <laughs> I think everyone did. <laughs> right? <laughs> Can't we just all sing our and dance our way into oblivion? Now, would you have wanted to be in Glee or just in the high school? Oh, if it have to be in Glee. In, in, in Glee. What's the point? I... That was sort of the point of the show, too, showing that everything else was sort of sad and, and gray. Uh, that's so true, show. but here's the deal. Toxic relationships, they are 
they really are characterized by the self-centeredness of, of those people who identify with their ego as state of being. It means they're identifying with labels. They're identifying with all the negative source influence, the things that they've been told by others that they are or that they are not. Mm-hmm. They are identifying with those streams of consciousness, those thoughts, the inner dialogue that's racing around and and uh, that, that becomes their identity. And so holding on to that fake sense of re- false sense of reality, that fake identity, to protect the ego, that person has then got to dominate other people through the manipulation of all kinds of different controls. Mm-hmm. Toxic relationships are dysfunctional, if I have to tell anybody that. It's dysfunction, and, and, and it really is detrimental to the health and the wealth and the essence of life of everybody that is involved with that toxic person. So what do you mean uh, when you say controls? Because you said toxic people, you know, they dominate others through, yeah. through the manipulation of different types of, of these controls. Well, for example, a toxic egoist must have all the attention in their relationships, and they are the, the, the road ragers. They are the breadcrumbers that we've talked about. Those are the gaslighters that we've talked about of life. And we've done podcasts on every every one of those identity types. But it's the mutual sharing of encouragement. That's the thing that is absent in toxic relationships, meaning that there's one person who is typically overtly passive while whether they know it or not. And while power struggles between people who have not transcended the ego, that's that is normal in any relationship, particularly in the early stages of a, a marriage, for example. Toxic relationships are usually characterized by one person who insists on being the dominant one who is in total control. Well, and you mentioned gaslighting, which has me wondering, you know, how are we going to even recognize these toxic people in our lives? Because that's very subtle. It's very subtle manipulation. It's not all loud hollering and and yelling and demeaning you. So I'm just wondering, what are some of the things that a toxic person will do? Um, I mean, I've known some in my life, but but are all are all the characteristics pretty much the same for all toxic people? So yeah, I'm wondering. It is a it is universal, and it, and that's my really my hope today is to be able to point out some of the characteristics so that we can identify them. You know, not only in other people, but often it's in ourselves. Yeah, it's so. Isn't it just so easy to listen to a podcast like this and to think, oh, I wish so-and-so could hear this one? Oh, you think it's easy to listen and do that. Just think of doing it. <laughs> I do a podcast and then I'm, I'm, I'm going away going, yeah. man, she needed that. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to take a nap. Yeah. Or I need to lay down. Yeah, I need to lay down this for a This was very bit. personal. Well, some, some of the characteristics That's that we great. can look for, it's those who are unawakened that continue to identify with the labels of life like we're talking about, with thought forms of winners and losers, rather than with the essence of their being, the essence of life, light, love, that are identifying with thoughts in, in so many different ways. The ego must belittle those people that are around them in order to survive. Because it'll die a, a sudden death, the ego does, if it does not belittle other people to build itself up. I love that, that description that you just gave us, as if the ego is this insatiable monster that, that must be fed by the belittling of others. What, a, what an amazing thing, way to see that. That is a fairly accurate lens for seeing it as well. Because mm-hmm. here's what happens. The ego will make fun of other people. The ego ridicules them. 
they will, the, the ego will imply that your ideas are silly, they're stupid. A toxic person in your life will belittle you in front of your friends or family, even though you may have asked them to stop embarrassing you. They'll continue by saying things like, well, I'm just kidding, can't you take a joke? Things like that. And that's never good, is it? You know, we, you and I, we've talked a lot about that before, how we've spent time with other couples and we'll observe that one of them will make jokes at the expense of the other. And, and it may even seem mild or, you know, it's not even overt, but it does seem to matter. Well, that's what the, the joke is. That's what the laughter will do is to try to diffuse what ordinarily would be this combustible situation. Mm, so the person wow. doing it will just kind of do it and make the, the object of the joke uh, feel like if they don't laugh along with everybody else, that there's something wrong with them. Wow. Now, the problem is that they're, they are not kidding and it is not a joke. How detrimental to your, your sense of self when you're sort of forced into the situation to, to laugh at jokes about, right. about you. Yeah. I mean, not that you can't take a joke, but, but this is different. Well, that's it. Because a toxic partner, for example, usually wants all of the decision-making power in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And they'll even tell you that, hey, you know what? You're lucky to have me in your life. And no one else would want you. So no, you're lucky to have me. The goal, the goal of the toxic ego is to put other people down in order to build up their sense of self-worth. So, well, often in marriages, for example, the most passive one in a, in a relationship will give up trying to argue or, or to disagree with the more dominant one because of how angry they get. And it's, it can be really scary and it can be very intimidating. And this kind of controlling by intimidation, that is the classic toxic effect. Often the ego, which is, of course, the dominant mental construct within individuals who identify with their thoughts, their sense of self is primarily what they think about. And mm-hmm. so they're off, they've got this often uh, unpredictable temper. Right. That just explodes at, at different times for different seeming, uh, seemingly different reasons. People who are married to them will often describe themselves as having to uh, walk on eggshells around the toxic wow. person because different things can send them into some kind of open madness. Well, and that's such a powerful point you just made, this idea that if you are around a toxic person, that's something to watch out for, that it's not just when the explosion happens. The anticipation can even sometimes be worse than experiencing that that outburst. But it seems like toxic people are everywhere, aren't they? But this... <laughs> that is a reality. <laughs> Doesn't it? There's I a, mean... There's a little bit of toxicity uh, in all of us is the mm, thing. Wow. And it's not to finger point and say you are or you are not. It's to make us aware of what those conditions look like. Awareness. Awareness. But this is so good because it is helping us to identify certain mm-hmm. kinds of behaviors that, that maybe we've even taken for granted or become accustomed to, that we've accepted. Mm-hmm. And now we can, again, this power of awareness, we can go, well, hang on a second. This is not good. This should not be acceptable for me. Right. Because while it is not acceptable to someone who desires to attract positive change in their lives, no, you should not be accepting this from other people. In fact, you cannot accept it. 
and give access to others to you that are toxic and still expect to be able to manifest and attract the positive things into your life. Because it's also important to note that, you know what, rarely does an ill-behaved egoist show that side of themselves to the outside world. So you've really got this uphill battle that you're going to be uh, waging war against if you are accepting it in your life. Because the behavior is usually confined to what should... uh, should have been a safe space in in a nurturing home where the outside world can't see. And so the toxic personality then perfects this personification of being this helpful, caring person outside of the home so that no one else will be able to label your relationship from the outside looking in as being one that's toxic. And so the toxic one is often thought of as just a really nice, easygoing person. I mean, what's not to like? I know him and, and um, what you're saying. It, it could not possibly be true. So there must be something wrong with you. Well, and how um, isolating would that be? Because all of a sudden you're the only one that, that sees it. And that can easily be manipulated into, oh, you're crazy. You know, you even have to convince yourself that, that it's not just you seeing what you're seeing. But I have to say, I'm feeling aggressive. I am so ready <laughs> to do battle with this. No, I'm very not, stirred not up. You, <laughs> well, you're talking, you're talking about protecting our peace and our state of right, well-being. Right. And that, yeah. that is everything. That is life. That is our quality of life. Well, you have a sense of worth. It's worth fighting for. Well, and right. I also have that little complex that. that I think you have, which is mm. when you sense someone else being picked on or, or even bullied in, in any capacity, it really gets, it gets my dander up, Steve. Well, it does, but you know what, and this is, but there, there's, a, and this is good. That is a good place to be, Meg, and I'm yeah. proud of you for getting to this place. However, there is a right way to activate the doing the correct thing, and then there is a wrong way. The ego says, I'm going to give it back to you. Rawr. Let me give you a piece of my mind. It's still a monster. <laughs> it's still in there, so it's you still a monster. put that down first of all, because yeah. there is a way to address this. That's good. But That's it's not good. the way that most people would think that we should. Mm. Only an ego will confront an ego. Whoa. And so when a toxic egoist is confronted about the inappropriateness of their temper, well, what they do is they're going to blame their bursts of anger and their outbursts on you. They're going to blame it on your ego. Your ego made me do this. And there's probably some truth in that. Wow. And they will yell and they will scream about, after all, hey, this is your fault. You know, my life sucks because of you. And those kind of things. The refusal to take responsibility for their negative behavior is typical of a toxic egoist who has identified um, and is conjoined with their their thoughts, their rabid thoughts. Anytime a KB wants to change something or someone, you change yourself and then the world around you changes. That's why it's important, you know, for us to be able to recognize that toxic relationships, they are everywhere that relationships can be found. They are, in fact, they would, it would be on a deserted island should you be the only one that's there. It, the potential for that is all, it's part of the realm that we are in. <laughs> that monkey looked at me sideways, you know, I mean, and it begins. And it was, and it, and it begins, right? No, there are fundam, there are fundamental uh, uh, to the egoist sense of being, these these constructs that we're talking about, the way that you deal properly with the egoist, there's a, a fundamental way to do this, which 
understanding that the egoist sense of being is relating to labels. It's relating to negative influencers. It's relating to the internalized dialogue, the self-talk, and, and it's identifying with forms and the, the, uh, the tangible reality around them. Mm-hmm. And so it's the misplacement of the original self now that is warring with itself. And if you're in its way, if you're in its sphere or realm of influence, then you're going to become a victim mm-hmm. of those stressors. So you're telling us right now, that instead of getting into that ego arena to confront someone, that we need to change ourselves. But I know you, and this is not just peace, love, granola will win the day. So I'm finding myself wondering, you know, what exactly is happening? You know, when you choose to change yourself and you refuse to, to confront toxicity and negativity, you know, so where's the win in this? How is that win happening? How are you, you overcoming in the physical and the, in the reality of your life by doing that? Well, we are confronting it, but not in a, in a direct way to the ego itself. We're confronting it through ourselves by changing us. Mm. Wow. So it just seems like this is such a big subject because I am so aware of a, of a lot of toxic relationships. Like we already said, I think a lot of people are. And on our last podcast, you did mention that, that you know, all of those women, <laughs> it was crazy who texted their husbands i love you sweetheart and and the responses from every single one of them was basically you got to be kidding me you know who is this they they texted this back in they would they would probably the thought their that, wife yeah. like lost their phone yeah, right. <laughs> before they believed it was them well toxic relationships they are so predominant that they are like you're saying, they are most everywhere. They are everywhere. And they can even be found between friends and, and even parents and their grown-up kids. The toxicity of ego in all of these relationships, as well as in a committed relationship, will often use guilt to create the idea of the egoist as being some sort of a victim. In other words, the guilt inducer controls other people by encouraging them to feel guilty anytime they do something they don't like. And they'll, they'll also get someone else to make sure, you know, how disappointed or how hurt they are. For example, your mother calls you up to tell you how disappointed your grandmother was that you didn't come over Sunday for lunch. When someone is consciously identifying with their ego sense of self, the toxic guilt inducer not only controls by creating guilt, but also by temporarily then removing guilt if you end up coming to lunch like they wanted you to in the first place. Wow. Guilt induction, that's one of the most common forms of control used by a toxic parent to control their adult children. And I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here. I'm trying to get you out of trouble because this is the thought identifying ego that does whatever it has got to do to get what it wants. Well, that's reminding me of something you also said in the last podcast about, um, you know, when people will typically withhold affection, but then they give it, it actually causes that dopamine to spike in our brains. And so that's exactly what's happening this, in these situations. You, you, you infuse guilt, but then it's the contrast of no guilt that makes it work so well as a manipulating factor and I mean you know so many people use manipulation really just as a way of communicating don't they that's Mm -hmm. sort of their baseline Um, but that doesn't make it right I mean saying one thing while expecting another 
is toxic. It's manipulation. And like you were mentioning, the dopamine is just an addiction. An addiction, you're looking for the relief. The relief from the stressors that are self-induced from exposing yourself to the toxicity of another. Now, another warning sign that you're in a relationship with a toxic person is the egoist state of being a non-dependable. Wow. A non-dependable. What a word. A non-dependable. I think there's an epidemic of (laughs) non-dependables. I wonder, I mean, should we, will a mask help with that? With that? (laughs) It's possible. Uh, Maybe 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 they wouldn't recognize you anyway. (laughs) You could escape. (laughs) Whatever. Just put on, just keep your mask on when you go home. Oh man, what a phrase though. What a, oh, you can see it. You can feel it. Well, non-dependables will say that they are coming to see you, for example. Or they will call you, or they'll they'll take they'll they uh, say that they're going to take the kids to the park this weekend, but then they don't do it. Right. Something always comes up with the non-dependable. They get busy. They were needed somewhere else, and they'll do it another time. They promise you to do one thing, and then they just don't do it. Uh, they usually and they usually have what really is it sounds like a good excuse, but they simply don't keep their commitments in this kind of a relationship. Toxic means that you're being controlled by making it almost impossible for you to make other commitments or plans for yourself. And so you end up doing nothing while anticipating a possible dinner engagement or maybe some free time while the kids go to the park. No, but the good news is that there is a simple solution if you're willing to do the right thing. It is not the essence of your life's responsibility to change other people, folks. If if you've been sitting there and you've got this long list of names that you've been writing out while listening to this podcast, go ahead and throw it away. It is not your responsibility to change them. But you can and you should change yourself. Okay. This means that you will have to relate differently with toxic people. So maybe you want to get the list back out because these are people that you do need to begin to relate with differently. And the change in you that you're going to uh, bring yourself to to begin the work and the process of, that change may or may not result in a change in them, but it's going to change how you not only relate to them, but then how Mm -hmm. they relate with you. So a kinetic believer is attracting the life that they're going to experience by first imagining life from the way that you desire it to be. And while being grateful, begin to act in a way that you imagine your life to be. This is the first way to block the toxic effect from having access to the life that you are choosing to experience. Wow. So as a kinetic believer, we are going to become non-responsive to the toxic. We're not going to, um, I guess you could say, take the bait. Um, But then I think immediately within us, we go, well, hang on a second. Doesn't that just mean that I'm accepting it? Well, absolutely not. It doesn't, of course, because, you know, to, to to accept it means that you are going to open yourself up to it. In other words, to accept someone who is road raging with you out on the highway is to chase them down and get in front of them and you slam on the brakes mm. to give it back to them. You are accepting the, the taunt of the toxic. That's an acceptance. To not accept it is to be oblivious to it. To not accept it is to not internalize it. It doesn't exist to you. It's 
not in your realm. It's not in your sphere of influence. It's to not accept it. To accept it is to argue with it and to fight and to push right. back is to go up against it, yeah. is to get into the cage match and brawl with it. Well, this is a really beautiful picture that you're painting. How the way that this is going to roll out when you don't engage with toxicity, with a negative person, it, it does obviously feel like you're letting it happen to you. However, the way that you just described it, it just, it reveals, it illuminates that, hey, when you change yourself, you are by rote automatically changing their response to you as well. And so something's got to give, something's going to change. You're disrupting the pattern. You're disrupting the cycle by doing this. And it's also, Megan, it comes from understanding as a kinetic believer, as a KB, that your essence of being, you are life. Nothing can happen to your life. You just are. But what you can do is choose your experiences. And so when a toxic person attempts to draw you into their toxic place of being, they're trying to draw the idea or create the illusion that you are available to them. The essence of you is. When the truth of the matter is, is that the only thing that you can avail yourself to is the experience of a matter. Mm. You can experience toxicity, but you will never become that unless you choose to uh, transcend the self with the ego and allow that to rule your life. Wow. Okay. We're doing this, huh? Sounds like it, <laughs> wow. doesn't it? That's amazing. No, yes. the, the way to block the toxic effect is by adhering to and relying upon the belief that, you know what, you deserve to be treated with respect. You deserve to be celebrated. You deserve courtesy. You deserve love. So you're putting a demand upon yourself and not on other people, but you're putting a demand on yourself to only receive these good things because you are one who celebrates life. You are, you are courteous to all others. You do love yourself unconditionally. You accept all others by championing them as they are. And you're loving yourself. You are a KB who's manifesting your best life because you no longer identify with the unfair treatment of a toxic person. So you don't set yourself into the expectant position of needfulness where a toxic person is uh, concerned. Oh, oh man, I'm writing, I'm writing that one down. That's a good one. I love it. Don't set yourself into the expectant position of needfulness with a toxic person. That is, ooh, that's rich. Well, that is good. Well, you know, Meg, that is so vital to our success that, that we become determined to block the toxic effect of egoist relationships because our unconscious ego... Look, it can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not real. The subconscious reacts to every thought as if it were a reality. It doesn't know it's just a thought. It doesn't know it's a suggestion. It doesn't know it was just someone taunting you or trying to bully you. It doesn't know that it was reverse psychology or reading between the lines. It doesn't know that it was just gossip or gaslighting. It doesn't know any of that. To the soul, a, a doubt worrisome, fearful thought means what I desire is not going to come to, it's not going to happen for me. And belief responds accordingly. The, the substance of negative belief begins to attract the evidence of what we believe is true. And so our circumstances begin to reflect the toxic fear that a, a negative relationship is attracting into our lives in order to manifest. Wow, that's it, isn't it? We are believers, whether we believe it or not. So, so our negative beliefs, you know, if we're 
worried or, or fearful, they're going to cause us to, you know, ha- to attract negative circumstances into our lives. Yes, the ego is not only this sleeping mind, but your rapid-fire thinking that pretends to be you. Emotions that result from believing a toxic egoist it develops into dysfunctional expectations for advancing our lives. Now, the voice in your head works to weave this negative narrative in an attempt to justify the toxic relationship through reasonings. And it's those negative thoughts then that produce negative emotions which feed more reasonings. And it's a cycle, it's a circle that creates the emotions and it puts those negative emotions first place in your life. Next thing you know, you're chasing them around like it's where you're supposed to go next. And this is the playground for imaginations and emotions that are identified with self, thoughts, emotions that produce the stories that people will tell themselves and everybody else. The kinetic believer who is on purpose transforming their lives will not tolerate any form of fear, any type of anxiety, no kind of anger, even if your steak is overcooked or not cooked at all. No bitterness. Do like we did the other night and take it home and feed it to the alligators. They wouldn't even eat it, though. That's how bad it was. So there's still no sadness. It's still okay. It's still okay. No hatred, (laughs) no intense dislikes, no jealousy, no envy, because those energetics are the... very thing that disrupts the positive energy flow into and out of the body, which affects our health. And it affects our health by disrupting the immune system. It affects your happiness. It affects your your joy level, and that's your strength. It affects your, your prosperous life and your ability to manifest abundance. It's possible for positive emotions to also be stirred up by the egoist state of consciousness. Now, I want you to get this because there is, there, there is the masquerading and there's the trickster of uh, positive emotions stirred up by an egoist that's not uh, authentic. Mm-hmm. And it will inevitably, it'll produce negative results in us. Mm-hmm. And, and wow. those are attached to the ego identity, which, which always changes. Okay, so, so this feels like something subtle that, that we're going to need to really watch out for. What do you mean by, mm-hmm. by positive emotions producing negative results? I guess you're saying, so even though it, it feels right, it can still be negative. Yeah, for example, what the ego calls love is possessiveness. And it's an addictive clinging that can turn into toxic manipulation within just a second. And that's the wrong definition of love. But that's what the ego knows as love. Love, in its truest essence and sense of of reality, is unconditional. It's it's not addictive clinging. And it's not possessiveness. It just is. Uh, Praise and recognition. Both of those, they also feed the ego to feel alive and to feel happy one moment while being, and then the, the, what happens is, is that when you're criticized or ignored, then it makes the egoist unhappy the very next moment. Mm. Block the toxic effect by celebrating your original nature within, the one that has not been altered by your egoist self. The one that only knows peace, the one that only knows love, the one that only knows joy, and the abundance of all good things that emanates from within. There is another way of abundant living that's attracted to those who reject the toxic from seemingly out of nowhere at all. And this happened to us about two years ago. 
One day, just as if lightning strikes, the imagination lights up with a vision worthy of your exploration. And it seems like the idea just comes from nowhere. But what happened is you just had a visitation from the universe of the infinite genius, from the mind of God, and you go to work on that goal. And your newly engaged goal, and it may already be connected to something that you already enjoy doing. But this is where the second modality of kinetic belief comes into play, which is desire. Desire means that there is a deep connection in what you imagine to do, plus the added element of a vision that you're compelled to act upon. You just have to do what you're doing. You can't wait to get up in the morning and tackle it because you, it's, it's on the without, but it's the within chasing the without. It's the within wanting to, to stir this thing up. Time stands still. You go into a self-induced uh, trance that many writers and artists will go into. Nothing else matters to the extent that it doesn't matter in this moment of creativity. And so you're working on that goal, and your newly engaged goal is something that you're just loving to put your hands to. And so this deep connection in what you imagine to do, plus that element of being compelled to act upon it, it's the, all this bundled up adds desire to what you're doing, and it's the energy field that around you begins to change. Wow. You've heard the saying that, you know, where there's smoke, there's a fire. Where there's a fire, people come running to see what's burning. And so that energy field is heated up. There's light. There's positivity. And this variable degree of creative entanglement is added to this enthusiasm. Things are added to it, and people are running to see what's happening, and it's coming from every direction. Enthusiasm of what is it that you're doing, and it turns, all this is turning into gratitude, and gratitude is turning into action. And the power of your kinetic belief is a attracting change into your circumstances. And it's all of this intense self-indulgence of creative activity that's being powered by the excitement of gratitude that's activating an energetic outflow of attraction that feels like an undercurrent of, of magnetism, like an ocean undertow pulling you in one direction, whether you want to go or not. So you just give into it toward what you're putting your thoughts uh, uh, toward. And this is where you begin to ride that creative wave of enjoyment. And, and I'll tell you, somebody to somebody that's just watching you, it's going to look like maybe you're under a lot of stress, but it is the intensity of excitement that has nothing to do with negative stress. In other words, the stress of pushing through to victory is not the same thing as breaking under pressure. When, no, when you want to arrive in the future more than you want to be doing what you're doing right now, you become anxious and you become stressed out. Wow, what a great uh, touchstone, really, for staying aware. What you just said, when, when we're stressed out, it's just a sign that we're not being present, that our, you know, our, worried, it's, our worry, it's carried us off somewhere else into the future. Yeah, the balance between enjoyment and creative tension is disrupted by you wanting to arrive in the future somewhere, and the ego then, of course, it just steps up and says, I got this. I'm taking over. I'm in control now. Moving from a state of creative enjoyment to one of stress, where the ego starts reminding you, you know, what about me? Remember, you're going to lose something if you don't worry about me. You need to come on board. Let's go over here and see what's wrong with this other thing. If, if, Look, if, if you're not able or unwilling to recognize all the, those kind of toxic relationships like we've been talking about with someone else or maybe with your own ego, 
then you'll be cutting yourself off from the creative power to alter your reality by manifesting your desires. Mastering the toxic effect brings an enormous empowerment into what you do. So all those who are still under the control and condemnation of the toxic effect will look upon your life in awe of your achievements. James Bowery, the Scottish novelist, wrote in his book, Peter Pan, the moment you doubt whether you can fly, you cease forever to be able to do it. Wow. <laughs> whatever, whatever it is, yes. believe you can and you will. And you will. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. You want to do this? You know I do. Do you really want to, Meg? It's just going to set me on fire for the rest of the day. Oh, I'm I believe so you. ready. Well, let's, let's do it. Say this out loud. Say, by changing my thoughts. By changing my thoughts. I can change anything. I can change anything. I'm attracting my greatest desires. I am attracting my greatest desires. Toxic people. Toxic people. <laughs> don't control me. They don't control me. Because I understand them. Because I understand them. And my unconditional love for them. And my unconditional love for them. As they are. As they are. Sets me free. It sets me free. I'm in control of my thoughts. Hey, I'm in control of my thoughts. No one else will ever be again. (laughs) No one else will ever be again. I trust myself. I trust myself. And the knowledge that I've gained as a kinetic believer. And the knowledge that I have gained as a kinetic believer. (laughs) It keeps me writing in my journal. It keeps me writing in my journal. For advancing my best life. For advancing my best life. I've determined that my mission. I have determined that my mission. Is to enjoy every present. Moment. Is to enjoy every present moment. I have no dread. I have no dread. I've got no fear. I've got no fear. No anxiety. No anxiety. No worry. No worry. No doubt. No doubt. No sickness. No sickness. I'm not lacking any good thing. I am not lacking any good thing. Wow. Loved this. Out of the park. So empowering. The number one way to block the toxic effect. I love this, Steve. And just a reminder, if you haven't already, make sure you text the word KINETIC to 844-844-0049 to receive weekly text messages from Stephen. And tickets are now available for the June 26th Orlando, Florida event. I hope and am looking forward to seeing all, all of, my everyone, everyone there. All over the world, Absolutely. Right? Yes. And something else I think we're, we were leaving out. What was it? Uh, follow think, you on Instagram? Well, maybe we Stephen got that Canyon? already. Whatever it is, whatever it is, you know what it is. (laughs) Uh, We're sending out a lot of love to all the KBs all over the world. And I am just, I was going to do this today, but we'll do it tomorrow. I'm just really excited about where our our listeners are located. And I'm going to give you a rundown of where all those are tomorrow. Okay, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, I know. And I'm very excited. Also, we're podcasting every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. of Every week, 12 noon Eastern time. New episodes going live 12 p.m. Eastern Time. It's so fun, Steve. I love, you know, I have to say, every time we podcast, I feel the energy. I feel the love. I feel the connection with all the KBs. It is so palpable. Well, the, the, the numbers are growing of those like us that yes. are here to celebrate life together. Yes. Well, thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.